You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Kate, what are you listening to? All you have to do is wait. Well. <laughs> what? I'm waiting. No, it's a song. Oh, well, what's that from? Hey, and welcome back. To another episode, episode 26 to be exact, of What's That From? A podcast where we explore musicals that we don't know, but probably should. I'm Kate. And I'm Josh. And this week, we're exploring the musical City of Angels. City of Angels. City of Dreams. City of Angels. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been their tagline. <laughs> I will say, though, for all you um, religious people out there, this is not the show you think it is. No, not actually about <laughs> angels. Not about the Lord at all. Not one angel in sight. Zero. Yeah. So, <laughs> go see the Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> That's comedy. That's plain comedy. <laughs> All right, well, before we really dive into it, I think we have a little 30-second plot challenge we need to, uh, need to do. Endure. Endure. Yeah, you are going to have to endure this. I'm stretching. You can't tell, I- but I'm literally stretching for this. <laughs> he is limbering up for this 30-second plot challenge. As always, I forgot I have to do this, <laughs> so I did not prepare. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Go. There is a writer, and he wrote this book called City of Angels, and it's like one of those mystery, like, novels and so the show is set up where it's like double where you have like characters that are in the book that he wrote and he's adapting it to a film and they're paralleling characters so you see who in his real life like translate to the novel slash screenplay and half of it's in black and white and half of it's in like color and there's just like a lot of drama and mystery and infidelity and guns and shooting and, and death <laughs> And mystery. You're like, the and plot The plot <laughs> is black and white versus color. There's also drama, though. <laughs> I set it up. You did. I feel like that is a very important part of it. There's it's a the lot visual. of characters, a lot of names, a lot of people who play both characters in both worlds. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So it's a lot of, um, a lot going on. A lot going on. But a lot of good going on. A lot. Yeah, that's true. I really like this one. I did too. The music is so good. It's so intricate. So intricate. The plot intricate. and the music are both so intricate. It sounds like like 
when you listen to it, it just sounds like a like a detective movie. Yeah, like it's very <laughs> right. That's what I should have said. I should have said that. Like, so I, the 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 story that he's writing is about a detective. Right. So it's like film noir of like the mm-hmm. old black and white movies where it's just like over the top drama. Yeah. And the stories are so wild, and right. the characters are all characters, and yeah, yeah. It's like. <laughs> I keep like mentally just wanting to, like, you know, when you see like a TikTok or something and you want to explain it, but you don't have any context. So you just want to make the sound of it. But you know, when you make the sound, it's not going to remind anyone of anything. Mm -hmm. Like with this, I just want to be like, it's very like, that's the score. We just performed. That was the overture. Yes. You guys don't need to listen to it. Now imagine that with. Four more people, and, like, they're each singing different notes. That's it. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, cool stacked harmonies. Really cool harmonies. So what's cool about the music in this is that, like, you think, like, typical Broadway musicals are, like, jazz. Like, that's, like, the common understanding is that, like, jazz and musical theater, like, kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But, like, this is, like, a true jazz score. Yeah. Like, it's not just, like, a Broadway musical theater score. Like, it's, like, a jazz score. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you like, mean. Correct. Very complex jazz. Yes. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, it's I like satisfying. The music. I will say the other day I was uh, le- walking to the subway on my way to work. And I walked to the subway at like 4.50 in the morning. So it's dark. There's like a few street lamps on. And I was listening to the uh, prologue or the of the show. I would highly recommend doing it if you're just walking around. At 4 a.m.? Well, maybe not that part. But, like, if you're in an um, like an area that's kind of ominous, I don't know. It added a whole level. I was like, I'm solving a crime. <laughs> I'm, like, I don't know. I felt like the main character. I love it. So, it's one of those, like, sh- like if you're trying to listen to something that sets you up to feel like the main character in your life. Definitely that. Definitely that. They're like, and I was like, ooh, like walking around the corner. (laughs) So to kind of get into it, uh, okay, listen, everyone get their like pencil and paper out. This is is another one of those 13 shows where Billy likes uh, Ruth and Ruth knows Bobby, but Bobby's cousin um, Jill is in town for the week. And then Jill's got a lover out in San Francisco who shows up in the end of the show. And yeah, it's one of those shows. 13. You know what I mean. I know it. For our mean. true listeners out there who listen to every episode, you're you're on the same page. You're on the same page. Yeah, you understand. So the thing that makes this so complex, I don't actually think at its base it's that complex, but because there's two worlds happening at the same time, going through similar things, it just ends up explaining two of the same event, but in just different terms. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think seeing it. It's so easy to watch because the world of the film like that he's writing is in black and white. Right. And the real world is in color. So I think when you watch it, it's very clear. Yeah. And like even though people play like opposing characters, like are double cast. Yeah. Like the different costumes, probably wigs and like the colors, like I think it'll be obvious when you watch it. I agree. But reading it Oof. <laughs> and you know what? I bet a lot of people don't do the show because I can't imagine somebody putting the show up in two weeks. Like the harmonies and all those things. And no like, way. I and bet- the tech aspect is complex, yeah. like the, between those two worlds. And I think it makes such a big difference. Like, I don't think you could do a low budget, mediocre performance of this. Like, you, I, 
be a cool challenge, but I don't I know. I feel like half the spectacle of the show is that half it's, of it is in black and white, and it's like a grandiose detective movie. You know, I feel like it'd be weird if... be cool if, like, the black and white stuff were, like, actually filmed. If it went back and forth that between, would be, like... Whoa. Oh, nobody steal that idea. <laughs> it's mine. I'm cutting that out of the podcast. <laughs> he said, Ryan Murphy, hands off. <laughs> Think about it, though. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. It was cool. live for, like, the real world stuff. Yeah. And then, like... Or it'd be cool if they had, like... Because, like, the duets would be really cool to sing with, like, yeah. a video. Like... That'd be cool. Or if they had like a screen in front of like one side of it that oh, was yeah, like, like black Instagram, and white, yeah. or like, or kind of like, yeah. Wow. Well, I guess it could be cool with like. Okay, now I'm just like pitching my idea for this production. <laughs> we <did> not explain. <laughs> <But>, like, <laughs> if like parts part of it was like projected onto like a scrum or something, and yeah. then like at a really dramatic part of it, like it faded through, and then they were like actually there, and then it was like in Whoa. person. I don't know. That'd be cool. Ryan Murphy, only nope. you can steal this idea. <laughs> Nobody else. No, everyone can. else, um, let's pretend that that didn't happen. Also, we have to go back and say last week's episode, we did 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And every episode, we always talk about how it would be a good movie. And this was the one episode we didn't mention that it should be turned into a musical movie. And then the day after we posted the podcast, Disney announced that they were making it into a movie. <laughs> I, would like to, I would like to think we manifested that. Like, by us not bringing it up, the world said... We'll bring it up for you. (laughs) (laughs) The world said, all right, they didn't ask this time. But, listen, I won't turn it away. We didn't ask, but... It'll be good. It'll be so good. Okay, back to City of Angels. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to your regularly scheduled programming. So, obviously, we're in the City of Angels. It's LA. Los Angeles. The City of Angeles is what they should have called it. <laughs> when I think City of Angels in Los Angeles, I just think of the Wizards of Waverly Place, like, arc of the episodes where they had, like, the angels and it was about LA. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It was a whole Wizards of Waverly. It was near the end of the show. It was when everybody really stopped watching it. <laughs> but there was a whole series, like, arc of a season near the end of Wizards of Waverly Place where they were oh, in LA and it was yes. like the City of Angels. Wait, I literally know like, what you're talking about. And yeah. They were angels. Yes. Yes, he says, okay, I no, I don't. only really... think about that. Oh, well, that's what this is. So funny. It's in the same same plot. Same <laughs> plot point. So, um, it opens in the movie. Um, you're kind of seeing like Stone, the detective, the private eye. He is like suffering through it. He is in the hospital. He's been shot. And... He's kind of like going through it, having flashbacks of some things that have happened. And as he's like having his flashbacks. We meet a secretary, right. Uli. And um, she brings in somebody named Alora. And Alora wants Stone, the private detective, to find her missing stepdaughter, Mallory, who's a beautiful bad girl. <laughs> like, I don't even have the script, but like, you know, it's all like. <laughs> Well, and then Mallory is like, she's a bad girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they all talk like that. (laughs) They do. It's like all like overlaid like a radio show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he takes the case. He's going to find, even though, yeah, he's going to find Mallory. Mallory, her stepdaughter. And so then it kind of pan out to Man at Typewriter, um, which is. Stein. So we have Stein and the writer. And Stone the detective. Yeah, Stein the writer and Stone the detective. <laughs> Wonder where he came up with that name. <laughs> How creative. I think they just like rolled a, like a dice to like see what letter to change. What letter to change. 
Um, so then, like, with, they could do this cool, cool um, function where they rewind and replay the scene that we just saw again with different changes. So we see that he's writing it. So it's a really right. cool, like, first it. introduction to the parallel worlds. Right. And which one's real and which one's not real. Yes. And so um, Stein is trying to pitch this screenplay to a Hollywood director, Buddy Fiddler. Buddy Fiddler. But- <laughs> <laughs> I can only do it with, like, talking outside my mouth. He's no buddy of mine. <laughs> yeah, so Buddy Fiddler. Um, and... So that he's basically trying to rewrite this novel into a movie. Yeah. And then we meet Gabby, Stein's wife, and she just wishes that he would stick to writing books. Yeah. Because I think she can tell that it's gonna messing get, with him, like it's gonna weighing get on him. Sticky. Yeah. And so then you start to see the cross referencing between the two worlds and how, like, Gabby is paralleled with Uli. <laughs> Uli in the movie. And so then they sing a duet called What You Don't Know About Women. And they do a really cool and like there's footage of it on YouTube, which I suggest looking up. It's really so cool because cool. it's like a split stage. So you see like the setting of both worlds and there's a wall in between. And then they, like, come downstage and there's no wall there. And then they, like, lean on each other as if there was one. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, you should look it up. And so it's kind of like, oh, look at look at how real life is paralleling perfectly with the story. Right. Stone and Stein. Then we go back into the movie and Stone is, like, listening to the radio. And we hear, like, the... Like, these... The Jimmy Powers on the Angel City 4 are singing. <laughs> they sing, you got to look out for yourself. Oh my gosh, but they sound so good. Yeah, it sounds so good. And then while he's listening to it, two thugs break down the door and they beat him up. And and then, yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts, it cuts <laughs> to the real world and the producer's reading it. And his secretary, Donna, is, we see that she is actually Uli. Even though it's kind of confusing because we just saw right. Gabby and Uli sing a duet together. Right. So you kind of think like they're parallels, but it's like a surprise. It's actually right. the secretary of the big producer right. is the model for the love interest. Yes. So then it's like, oh, oh. it's not as well, He didn't model the, the story's love interest after his own wife. Yeah. Kind of weird. To be continued. To be continued. <laughs> <laughs> and so... um. Then, Buddy, he, the producer, then is like, I he sings a song called "The Buddy System," <laughs> where it's about like him. He likes to put his fingers in everything and change it up because he can't because he's a big producer, right? And then, um, in the movie, Stone is woken up by Lieutenant um, M- Munoz. Munoz, I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> Munoz, and um, he was. Stone's old partner, but now they have a bit of a rivalry. A beef. A beef, per se. And, um... So then we learn, like, even more character backstory about the detective Stone. Right. And how he used to be in love with this singer named Bobby, who Stein based on his wife. Gabby, yeah. So now we learn Gabby's actually based on his former lover. Right. The character's former lover. Right. And so um, then 
And I guess like this does, this just makes sense because Bobby wanted to be a star more than she wanted to be married, and um, he like Stone caught her with a Hollywood producer who's based on Buddy, right? And then gun but, went off, producer was killed, and Lieutenant Munoz or Munoz, uh, his former partner, right? He has never forgiven Stone for getting away with murder. Getting away with murder. <laughs> so, yeah. So kind of like a, a sticky situation. This part, I felt like this is where it starts to get confusing. Like who is who? What is ha- yeah, what? Yeah, how totally. does this parallel with your life? Right. <laughs> what? Right. But at the same time, um, I feel like we'll get to it. But um, Stein's wife, Gabby, she does like want to go away yeah. and not be in LA anymore. So I guess that's kind of like a similar thing. Right. So then Stone... The detective. He confronts Alara, who we met in the beginning, at her mansion, and we meet more characters. Great. Um, her stepson, her polio-stricken elderly husband, <laughs> and his doctor. And um, Alora tells her that we're going to keep, that she charms him, and then right. now he's like, okay, like fine, I'll, I'll find her. And, and they, they sing the tennis song. Yeah, so good. And this is how she convinces him to... Stay on the case. Right. And then he goes and there's a big like film montage of him like looking everywhere for her. Which I would love to see on stage. See how Me they do too. that. Because I was listening to it. I was like, oh, this would be kind of cool. I don't yeah, know how they're doing this. I agree. Because it's like it just shows him going to literally every place in Los Angeles. To try I guess. to find I don't know where Mallory. he gets any leads from. He's just like searching places. Right. And then he finds Mallory waiting naked in his bed. Where's Gabby? <laughs> Where's his wife? Oh, no, wait, that's the real one. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, See, I'm so confused. Mallory is in Stone, the movie character's right. bed. She sings a song called Lost and Found. <laughs> Which is like, classic. are you kidding me? Literally, are you serious, Mallory? You've been missing this whole time just so you could sneak on into his bedroom? And I'm also like, she's been missing. But like... Where's her clothes? <laughs> That's where the that's She's the missing, real mystery. She is missing more than one thing. <laughs> so then Stone resists the temptation, doesn't sleep with her, and um, which is better than um, his counterpart, Stein. Right. So this is what I was getting confused about: is that so? Even though Stone doesn't sleep with like the temptress, Stein, Stein actually. Gabby went away to New York. Um. And Stein slept, sleeps with Donna, yeah. who is um, the producer's assistant. Yeah. Ooh. Which is also kind of interesting, like, that Stein is writing the Stone character, because I'm sure he probably, like, wishes he didn't. Right. So he, it's easier for him to, like, write a character right. where that doesn't happen or to be in denial. Right. But in real life. Right. Mm-mm. Yuck. So then a photographer breaks in and to Stone's bungalow, which is in the, the movie, and takes a picture of him with Mallory, <laughs> even though he didn't sleep with her. So random. And then Mallory steals his gun, which then is used in the murder of the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so then Stone gets framed for killing the doctor. Yeah. But Mallory's the one who stole it. Right. And then Lieutenant Munoz or Munoz, he's <laughs> like, I got you now. So then he arrests him and they, he thinks all you have to do is wait. Yeah. And then Stein is also in real life having just a bad time. Um, Buddy is tearing apart everything he's doing, constantly, like, 
like nagging him and he's also just like upset that he cheated on his wife and stone is also like stone the character is like mad at him for cheating on his wife <laughs> for cheating on his wife so like they have they have a a relationship through the world like they transparently talk they're the only other. ones who get to break the world right right because that's so, kind of like him in the story right yeah and so then you know, Stone and Stein are going head to head and they sing this great song called You're Nothing Without Me. And that's the end of Act One. It's such a good song. It is. And good. I think that's a, such a great, like, because both of them are like, don't tell me what to do. I made you. And the other one's like, you'd be nothing without me right. because I'm the, but like, it's a, just a great, a great tactic. Right. I think. I think so too. Epic Act One ending. And there has to be some kind of breaking of the world. There can't just be like two things going on. Yeah. I think it's cool that way. Yeah, it's so cool. So then, Act Two. We're back with Jimmy Powers on the Angel City Four, and they sing "Stay with Me," a remix of Stephen Sondheim's classic from Into the Woods. <laughs> a remix? No, just kidding. They don't. It's but it is it's called, called "Stay with Me." <laughs> so um, then that like zoom out to be like a record playing in Alora's um bedroom. Bedroom. And, um, oh my gosh, this is like But it so actually belongs to Carla Haywood, who's Buddy's wife, the producer. And she is going to be playing Alara in the, the movie. movie. If you can follow that, yeah. I honestly can't really. Right. So I don't think it's that big of a plot yeah. point. So. so then we're back in the movie. Stone's in jail because he just got arrested. For, right. He's framed for the murder of the doctor. And um, Uli's assistant is there. And her alter ego is Donna, which I'm like... Still confusing. Uh But, um, so Donna's feeling used by men in life. So she sings, You Can Always Count on Me. Which is a fantastic song. That's like the What's That From song. Yeah, such a good song. And, um, Stone in the movie is mysteriously bailed out of jail. And then (laughs) the two people, like, catch up with them again. The two guys that broke into (laughs) them. Like, they have literally nothing better to do. So then they, um, Catch up with him and, like, try to destroy him. Again. Again. <laughs> and then, in the real world, Stein is troubled also. And he's at a party in Hollywood of the producer's, like, assistants and, and everything. And he meets um, a composer who plays him Alara's theme. Right. For the movie, which is really pretty. Right. And then um, he, he calls home and finds out that Gabby discovered that he cheated on her. Which, like, how? Yeah. I guess word gets around. I guess, but... How? Yeah, she's in New York. Yeah. Like, what? Who snitched? <laughs> snitches, snitches get stitches. So then, <laughs> but also, like, I'm glad she found out. Yeah, me too. No, I, I'm on her side, but I just want to know how she knows. <laughs> so then he goes to New York and um, is about to excuse, like, to, like, make excuses. make excuses. And she is like, no, like, yeah, duh. And then she thinks it needs work. Right. Like, you're a writer. Like, you can come up with a better excuse. Like, you True. need to work on it. True. Funny. And so then Stone in the movie. Is fighting to clear his name of this this uh, crime, yeah, and he goes to a brothel. Oh, it's this thing a song called "L.A. Blues," where he is. Uh, he's shocked to find Bobby based on his wife. <laughs> he's the like, he's like my wife at a brothel. That I find her. <laughs> That's so weird. So then he finds Bobby and he's like, Bobby, what are you doing at the brothel? And then she's like, actually, it was me who shot the producer. And, and the audience is like, 
<laughs> stone has been covering, um, covering her this whole her. time. Yeah, and so then they like look back at all the chaos they've created, and they sing with every breath I take, like a reprise of what she sang. Yeah, the first time. <laughs> now we're back in Hollywood, and Stein, the writer, is he's Avril, the he's, Avril Levine. He's approached by, young he's approached by Avril Levine. <laughs> She's going to be playing Mallory, you know, who sings Lost and Found. She's the temptress. And Avril Lavigne begs him to reconsider killing her character near the end of the movie. Just like, you know, like what that young star would be like. Don't please don't kill my character. Right. Yeah. So then Avril, I don't really understand. She doesn't have that much of a purpose. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll think about it. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I'm like, if I was like an actor it's not like this is gonna be a series like i would love to be killed off at the end of a so movie dramatic. That's so dramatic yeah yeah Weird. avril get your get your ducks in a line check yourself so then uli um has discovered that alora is like a person like a gold, a digger. gold digger yeah and who, uli is stone's assistant yes and alora is the lady, the lady who hired who's asking for to help find Mallory. to find Mallory, who's, her, found, who's her stepdaughter? Yeah. Okay. And they found her already, so. And so that Allura, though, plot twist, she has murdered one rich husband already. And she's looking to, like... Kill the polio one. Yeah. Right? Kill it, yeah. And then, like, after she kills the rest of the family. She's just going to take the money and leave. Psycho. So then she, like, tried to get her stepson... And to, like, kill the doctor and to kill Mallory. (laughs) But then he couldn't do it. So Stone's like, all right, I'm going to talk to her. And uh, eventually. There's a fight. The the fight. There's a fight. The gun comes back. The gun comes back and Allura's dead. And Stone's wounded and boom. First scene. We're at the hospital Hospital. where he gets shot in the shoulder. Yeah. Then we're back in the real world. Right. And Gabby, his wife, has rejected him. And um, Donna, who he was his lover, she's been rewriting the script. So then, like, Stein is he's having a, a bad time. And he's kind of like, oh, my gosh, my real life world and this world I've made up are just, like, falling apart. Right. So, so then he sings, sings a song funny. Very intense song. Very intense. Whoa. It's like a big, like, Epic. character turn. Like, yeah. he, someone's ripping up paper <laughs> singing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just seems very, like, he is going through turmoil. Breakdown, yeah. Yeah. So then um, Stein arrives at the movie set, and he sees that Buddy's name is above the screenplay. And that, like, Jimmy, Jimmy Powers is going to play Stone. And Stein is like, enough like this is the last straw but then i'm like you listen to him all the time yeah also like jimmy powers is you're pretty, a fan yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what do we have against him he's, he sounds great yeah. on his little on his songs um so then like stone is like his conscience basically telling him you need to fight to get what you want so then he gets in a fight with buddy the producer and then in the end, he gets fired. And then security guards are going to beat him up. He's always getting beaten up. Yeah, everyone's always getting beaten up. And and then Stone, the detective, <laughs> appears at the typewriter that Stein's been writing in. Yeah. And gives him the fighting skills of a superhero, which is like a switch of the world. It's like yeah. now... He's writing what Stein's doing. Right. And then 
And then he like puts on a little Hollywood ending. So then like and they have a happy Gabby ending. returns and he forgives all and then they all celebrate. So it's yeah. like, whoa, it's I'm like, nothing without you. And then that's like the, uh, it's kind of a play on like um you're nothing without me that ends act two. And now it's I'm nothing without you. It's a little more endearing. It's like, right. a, oh, like I need you. I'm right. nothing without you. But it's so crazy because it's like, oh, like his character was like became such a real thing in his brain that yeah. like he gave him the power to I kind of change like, his reality. It's I kind just of so, like strange. Hated the ending. Though. I do too. But honestly, I hated it the first time. Yeah. But this time going through it, I'm like, oh, it's like. What really happens is that he ends, like, unhappy. Like, he doesn't get his wife. Right. And the movie, he gets taken away from the movie and beat up by the security guards. But, like, the function of the, the theatrical element is that, like, we only see, like, the Hollywood movie ending because the right. roles are reversed right. now. That's He's true. in the movie now. So Fair. we just see, like, the, the movie, movie Hollywood ending of the real world. So true. But what really probably happens is Nothing we should just good. assume that, like, it does end right. the way that, like, we expect it to end. Right. Which I think is kind of that is that's okay that's true. And the reason why I thought about it is because it makes me think of Hollywood. Back to Ryan Murphy, but the TV show, like yeah. the series on Netflix, like it ends in the last episode. It's called a Hollywood ending. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And everything goes right for everybody. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this whole show is leading up to everything falling apart, but right, it all like worked out because it was a Hollywood ending. Right. So now I guess I kind of get the yeah. function of it. Okay, I get it too. But it is unsatisfying. It's just like a little you're like, like he doesn't deserve it because he's he it doesn't just deserve undercut, for Gabby to come It also back. just like undercuts everything. Yeah, for sure. But it's I really like seeing Stone go to the typewriter. Yeah. I think that is so cool. Super cool. But then when it's like and now they end up together. But now I I guess you're right. I think it'd be I wonder does like I wonder does his life turn into black and white. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be cool. Because then that'd be like, whoa, like now it's just like the glamorized hot. Like I feel like that'd make it clearer for me. Right. Because if it just was like, and everyone's happy now, I'd be like, but if it, it like turned into a movie or something, I'd be like, whoa. You know how they could do that in the production we were talking about in the beginning? Is that the screen comes down and they it's like projected, but like bleeds through the scrim you see what's yeah. actually happening in the background. <gasps> we see whoa, the Hollywood Josh, Stop. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Like you literally see his life go into turmoil, but in the front it's but you're like, watching and then the they projection live happily of like happy, ever yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> oh, whoa! I think we're on. Okay, if you have a theater out there, this is our pitch for me and Kate to direct and produce a production of City of Angels. It's funny because we say this about every show, but this is like this, this is really cool. Like I don't want it to be turned to a movie. I want it to be like hybrid. Yeah, and they've been trying to do that with so many shows. It's wrong for like West Side Story doesn't need to be hybrid, but this. Be now, perfect. Now this is a Mac good... and Mabel didn't need to be hybrid. <laughs> didn't need to be hybrid. This now we're talking. And then wow, I could really. Go I can't say anything else because I don't want anybody to steal my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a thousand podcast downloads now, so we know at least a significant <laughs> amount of people are listening to this who could steal our. Oh ideas. yeah, we didn't say that. We got a thousand podcast downloads. We're definitely over that now. Yeah. And um, we're on our twenty sixth episode. We're a quarter to a hundred. It's just like cool milestones. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, <laughs> the music was written by Cy Coleman, who also wrote The Life, which we did a few episodes ago. Yes. And Sweet Charity. Gotta love it. Classic Broadway. The man has got to put a brothel. In every show yeah. he writes, I'm noticing. Yeah. Common thread. <laughs> Jazz and hookers. Cy <laughs> Coleman on his grave. Jazz and hookers. That's like literally his cup of tea. I mean, he writes great stuff. It's, yeah. it's all great. But I've just noticed yeah. the through line. <laughs> literally. Is always women selling themselves, which is like power to you. Lyrics by... Um, David Zippel, and book by Larry Gelbert. And the show was a success, a big hit. Yeah. It ran for a long time, which, like, especially it was in the 90s. Um, it ran, or, well, it started in 1989. It ran through 1992. But I feel like for especially that time period, that's a long time. 879 performances. It won a bunch of Tony it Awards. Won a, it was nominated for 11 Tony Awards, and it won seven, I believe. Or maybe that's wrong. Maybe won five? Let me see. Six. Six. Yeah. It won best musical, best book, best original score, best performance by leading actor, which is interesting because it was Stein and Stone. And Stone won. And Stone won. Honestly, if I were Stein, I'd be like, I'm the real one. Like, I'm the real one. Like, you're nothing without me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then best performance by a featured actress in a musical, best scenic design, which, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And it won a bunch of drama desks. Yeah. Um, the show like was really, really well received. Oh my gosh! Wait, Kate, the Drama Desk Awards did it again. <laughs> they only nominated Stone and not Stein. <laughs> they did it again. I'm so furious. Okay, Sideshow was even like that was that, really, really, really bad. Rigged, but, but this is also really bad. Yeah. They're both like hmm. Stein. Poor Stein. Oh my gosh. It also won the Edgar Allan Poe Award. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd throw that one out there. Um, and there's been a lot of like different productions of it too. Like yeah. there was, um, well, I was on Broadway in 1989 mm-hmm. and it closed uh, 1992. Mm-hmm. And then there was um, a tour for it. And then it was on the West End in 1993. And then there was um, also oh, a revival yeah. for mm-hmm. it in t- 2014. Yes. And um, yeah, it's. I feel like it's just like it's had a a good life, and it's like well respected. And I'm just like, why don't people know it? I just, it's really not done very often. I don't think there should be a revival of it. There's I know. definitely going to be one. I feel it in the next like what like yeah ten years. I feel years. like with technology, like it, they could just do such cool stuff with well, let's it. Let's just bring our version to Broadway. Yeah, I don't see why not. I feel like it's time. Well, maybe once our podcast gets really big, what's that from can produce it. 
Let's ma- we're manifesting. <laughs> we'll start the manifesting now so that by 25 episodes from now, we won't mention it and then it'll happen. Right. Like, like it did with our, <laughs> with the 25th annual fun of Gummy Spelling Bee. What so was we'll, your, um, <laughs> maybe we're living in a parallel world. <laughs> you just missed it, but me and Kate just started the same sentence at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're writing each other's narrative. <laughs> who's who though? Who's Stone and who's Stein? Oh. What? I, I feel even... like you would be Stein and I would be Stone. You think? I'd be writing it and you would be. I'm a bad detective. writer. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> i feel like stein's let's be wife, honest i'm mallory i feel like stein's <laughs> wife also is like just like okay i also think it's funny in the show because they're supposed to be parallel lives but they're like stone is actively getting beaten up and shot and stein's like uh. in his room like typing on a typewriter he's like i had a minor inconvenience today today stone got shot by two people <laughs> <laughs> and he's like oh man today buddy didn't like my idea i turned in you know what i mean <laughs> i feel like you're right though i feel like that's correct well what's your favorite song well josh what an interesting inquiry um my favorite song i literally think is you're nothing without me it's a good one and I really, of course, I really do like, um, like, You Can Always Count On Me and, uh, what was that one song? Lost, <laughs> Lost and Found. Yeah. Like, of course, of course. But for, for as far as songs that I didn't know go, I just loved You're Nothing Without Me. The, like, two men singing a very powerful duet. Stunning. I gotta say, like, my favorite was probably the prologue. So good. Favorite music in the show. Ugh. But my favorite songs were like the girl songs. Like I like what you don't know about women. <gasps> so I true. like Lost yes, and Found, and I like um, what's the other one? You can, you can always count on me. me. Yeah, I like those three songs. Yeah, but honestly, the show like every song I was like, mm, true. <laughs> I also like with every breath I take. Mm-hmm. It's very sultry and like low. Lots of really good music. Yeah, like do yourself a favor and listen to this album. What would you rate it? I read it. I mean, I'd really like to see it. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I I give it a 9 out of 10. And mm-hmm. I feel like it could be a 10 out of 10 if I saw it. I agree. Yeah. I think I, I give it a 9 out of 10. I think because it's a too. lot to grasp when you're just imagining it. And because visually it has yeah. so much going on. Yeah. And I think because of that, it also could have the potential to be like bad. Yeah, for sure. But I think in its like truest form, or in the form it's intended to be performed in, yeah, it could be a ten out of ten. But it's a goodie. It's a I goodie. really suggest listening to it. It's a really fun listen. Yeah, it's also just something I like. It's one of those shows where I knew it existed and I looked at it, but I was like, eh. <laughs> and now I'm mad I did that because there's a lot of great. And the cover's so pretty. It's very like film noir, like yes. MGM poster. So beautiful. Yeah, you gotta love it. You just gotta. So. so when you're done listening to the album, why don't you uh, close that Spotify app and open up Instagram and follow uh, us on Instagram at WTF underscore B-Way. That's WTF underscore B-W-A-Y. And you know what? You can just copy and paste that right over to TikTok and follow <laughs> us on there too. You can also um, follow us personally <laughs> like a detective. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh-huh. Well, we'll see you next week for episode 27. Episode 27.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.